Today we talk about building a passion business and specifically how can you make a living off of video games? Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for being here. I'm back. (laughs) Had a busy time the last weekend out at Podcast Movement 2015. I recorded a total of 16 very good interviews while I was out there. And today I bring you the first, an interview with Danny Pena, host of Gamer Tag Radio and one of the first inductees into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. I'm glad to be back with you. Sorry for a few days of delay. It's been a (laughs) a lot of changes going on in my life. I will share some of those changes with you in coming shows. But today, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't gone for too long. And one of the primary purposes of my going out to podcast movement, in addition to my own personal and professional development, was to record a number of interviews for you. And like I said, 16 total. All of them are good. Some of them are excellent. And today we're going to kick it off with one that is very good, Danny Pena. And this for me is a really important topic to talk about building a passion business and how things like video games can actually be useful. Enjoy. Danny, welcome to Radical Personal Finance. I appreciate you being with me today. Thanks for inviting me, man. Uh, this is a pretty cool setup over here, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're here at Podcast Movement, and it, we, we were trying, we both live in South Florida, so I was going to get with you uh, in South Florida, but this worked out great. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And I wanted to have you on today to talk about the business of video games. Okay. And I'm going to give you a caveat. Uh, uh-huh. I am not a video gamer. That's fine. And I'm pretty. <laughs> I guess I'm one of those people who is uh, scoffs at video, video games. Okay. And so when I was thinking about somebody who could be a proponent and an advocate of video games, yeah. I thought you would be the perfect guy. Okay. Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about the business of video games and a little bit about your personal journey. Start off with just a little bit of your background mm-hmm. as it relates to the business of video yeah. games. For me, I started uh, internet radio back in 2001. Um, I had a show called PSO Radio. It was all about this one of my favorite games of all time. It's called Fanny Star Online that came on the Sega Dreamcast. So what I did was I used to get people within the community and we'll talk about issues with the game. We'll review quests because um, Sega will post like a lot of new quests weekly mm-hmm. uh, online and stuff. And that's how I started. So I used to record on a cassette player and I convert that into mp3 and i put it up on mp3.com that's how i started mm-hmm. uh, mp3.com they were char- it was more for music artists so they have their music there and whoever downloads or stream their content will get paid from mp3.com so i was like wait a minute i could do that but instead of music talk radio so i did that and we got a huge following so my first check was 500 dollars wow in 2001 wow. so i was like man i want to start a business out of this you know so and what was the check from like what, what? from them uh, just just okay. because of the amount of people that were downloading and streaming awesome. our content and i also had cd's of like special events that I recorded uh-huh. it people will uh could buy it and have it as a collection you know so yeah that's how i started with that so then um i got to meet uh microsoft nintendo throughout the years uh network with them and also sony and I took a break because I was um, doing the whole music uh, 
I used to be a promoter for the music industry in mm-hmm. Miami and in New York. So I was doing that for like two, three years. And then in 2005, I wasn't happy with that. I was like, man, let me, let me do this podcast, not podcast, but uh, let me do this radio thing. Um, and February 2005, I launched Gamertag Radio, which now this is our 10th year. Wow. That. So when I started, I wasn't thinking about business, downloads, none of that stuff. I was just, I wanted people to, to hear my content. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking about. So then iTunes launch, podcast on their soft, like the software. And uh, eventually it just g- became a hit. Yeah. You know, so. And fast forward today in 2015, your show is. Tell us about your show now and how it's distributed and how big it is. Well, this is a crazy thing. This is our 10th year, and this is our the biggest year ever for us. We signed with Play It Network. Uh, they're part of CBS Radio. Mm-hmm. We signed with them a week before our anniversary. Uh, that was like a big, huge milestone for us. Um, we had nearly, nearly a million downloads for the month of June um, during E3. That's where we go, where we get to see... Uh, games and products from companies they show us in advance before it comes out and we do a lot of interviews uh, roundtable discussion we Mm -hmm. even had a a studio book for the whole week that cbs hooked us up wow yeah so we did that that was like a dream come true man you know like i started off with a cheap microphone built-in mic from a computer Uh that's how i started recording my show and eventually i got money I started investing on, I was investing more on, like for events. I wanted to attend events and meet people. Right. And that's how we got our name out there, you know? And uh, yeah, eventually now we have like a pretty good equipment and everything, right. like, you know? So we're legit now. We're legit. And so what's awesome about this is, in mm-hmm. my mind, it's a great example of how taking an interest and focusing on it and pursuing mm-hmm. it, not knowing where that would go, ultimately opened up a lot of doors for you yes and at this point Mm -hmm. you are pretty well known and a leader in many ways Mm -hmm. in the video game industry yes yes uh it's crazy because you know every time i go to an event people are like man listen to your show let's take some (laughs) pictures hey i need some advice like i have a podcast too right it's it's crazy how time has changed because back then when i started there was no social media none of that stuff and how i got my name out there was i was attending events and going to retail stores like, let's say a big, huge game is coming out. Let's mm-hmm. say Grand Theft Auto, Halo, whatever. People are not in line. So I'll go there with flyers, with my recorder, give flyers to everybody, tell them about the show. Hey, you want to be part of the show? Let, tell us why you're buying this game. Why right. are you so excited? So that's how I did it. Like that, going to a bunch of stores locally in Miami. Right. And I started locally and then eventually went to, like, other cities too, like New York, L.A. and stuff like that. So, so. Uh, my understanding is you've been doing the show and you're earning money off of it, but you've been doing this as a side, uh, mm-hmm. a, a side work the entire yes. time. You've been working, doing other work during yeah, this whole I, career, right? Yeah, I work, uh, my 9 to 5 is Discovery Channel Latin America. Okay. I also, a couple of years ago, I had a show with them, um, same thing about gaming, mm-hmm. uh, video-wise, for Latin America. So I'll talk in English and they'll translate it to, in, uh, they translate it to Spanish and Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And they had it exclusively on their website. Uh, and I also did like TV promos for them, uh, promoting the, the, the show. And did and, that op- emerge because they knew you had the video game podcast? Yes. yes. It, it's a long story, but I'm going to keep it short about that. Um, I got back from E3 uh-huh. and, uh, I was working and they called me, Hey, Danny, can you go upstairs? I would like to talk to you. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> so I go upstairs and I go to the room. It's a huge conference room uh-huh. where we usually have like meetings and stuff. And the VP was there. 
uh, and a bunch of other people. I'm like, oh my god, am I getting fired? Like, what's, right. what's going on right. here, right? right? So then um, we started talking, and they started asking me questions about what is a podcast, what do you do, like, tell us about, about about video games, and they were asking me random questions. I'm like, this is so weird. So then um, we finished. They were like, oh, we're gonna talk to you later. We're playing some stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. So I leave, and I hear when I close the door, everybody started clapping. Like, oh man, this is it. This is it. <laughs> I was like, what was that about? So then eventually, my friend was telling me, yeah, they wanted me to do a, a show for Discovery. So I did that for a year, and so I was doing that. I was doing the podcast, and I was working at the same time. Wow. So it was a very stressful year. It was too many things, um, but I didn't want to let that opportunity go. Right. You know. So I did that. Um, for a while, yeah, and and I also do uh, uh, launch party uh, f- products for for companies too for video games. So let's say a big game is coming out, they want our community to try their game. Mm-hmm. They give us a budget. We rent a good venue. We have a, a DJ performances. We have TVs everywhere where people could try out the game. And at the same time, we're hyping the crowd, giving away stuff, free systems, free games. And at the same time, it, it's free for the public, but we're getting money out of that from from video game companies too you know so i've been doing that for a couple of years soon do you have any thoughts of leaving discovery and just doing the video game you know or? i get that question all the time it's the, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's almost yeah. like the if you built this foundation yeah. and worked for 10 years of this mm-hmm. dream business mm-hmm. then many people the first thing you want to know is why not pursue it i love time? my job i'm happy with my job uh i just feel that it's not the right time right when the time when this is i'm ready for that i'll, I'll do it but right. i'm happy with my job right now right. uh you know so so I want to talk about the money in video games because what fascinates me is video games are the perfect archetype for you know the the, the angry parent yelling yes. at the child saying why are you wasting your time on these video games which I heard about this with my parents back then when I was a kid right yeah, many times <laughs> right many times and so. I would be you know my my. My kids are two years old and three months, so they're not playing video games. But I would be one of those parents yelling at yeah, yeah. a child, like, yeah. you're not playing video games. I mean, there's a lot of good things about that. You know, there's a lot, uh, games like, okay, the majority of people know about games as mainstream, like the typical shooting games and stuff like that. But there's a lot of games that is not mainstream. There's a lot of critical thinking stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like, it's, it's good for the, for the kid. You know, like, I love Minecraft for the kid because they could create their own their own stuff, share with their friends, you know, mm-hmm. and it's friendly too, you know, like the parent could play with the kids too. You know, that's the type of games that we like to talk about on our show, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. So there are people who make their full-time living playing video games. Yes. How did they do that? There's different ways. There's uh, pro gamers where they go to tournaments. And one of my friends, uh, years, this is like a couple of years ago, him and his team, had a they were so good that they had a lot of sponsors that one of their companies that deals with the tournament uh MLG that's their name they did a contract with them for a million dollars for all four of them because they were so good at that game really really good so so they will travel around the world to compete it's like think of it as like MMA they rock their t-shirts with different (laughs) names of of like companies that sponsor them and stuff you know um, that's one way. Another way is, of course, the podcast. Or and now, what's what's big is live stream and YouTube. That's like the biggest thing right now for that. Um, and the reason is, back then, how we used to get cheat codes and reviews was through magazines or stuff like that, right? Uh, there was no internet back then. Now, it's easy. Any kid could just go on YouTube, search for a game to see how it is. If they like it, they'll go and buy it. You know. So at the same time. 
YouTube have ads. And let's say PewDiePie, he's a very popular gamer. It's the number you know, one YouTube channel yeah, in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, you know, but I love seeing a gamer doing that type of business because he makes, I think he made like almost, I think it was like seven million in a year. That is amazing. Just him posting crazy videos, talking about games. At the same time, there's companies that pay them to post their game, like through, mm-hmm. through right. his YouTube channel. And, he was also featured on um, this uh, TV show, the South Park, mm-hmm. which it was, it was the same exact thing. They were talking about the same thing we was doing, like YouTube, but for South Park. So he, he it opened the doors for him, you know. So there's there's a lot of different ways to make money from that, you know. But at the same time, I think you should be really, really careful. Since day one, every time we get something for free or we get paid or anything, we let our community know about that because mm-hmm. I don't want our community to feel um i don't want them to feel uncomfortable with right. something that we're promoting because we say oh it's great but it right but it's not um like every time i go to like a like an event that a company fly us to europe or canada or any other places we mention on our show because we build that trust throughout the years yeah we're getting money and certain things but why not mention that to your to your listeners you know so yeah that's what we do. What fascinates me about it, and PewDiePie, I was researching one time top YouTube channels. Like, wow, this one. I went and subscribed, yeah. and, and I just start looking at these videos roll up in my YouTube subscription feed. I'm like, why does anybody watch this? Yeah. But obviously, mm-hmm. for his demographic, the people that enjoy his stuff, he's he's a, he's a star. Yeah, he's an influencer. Yeah, they, he's, he, you know, so company loves that. Right. You know, that's the reason why Microsoft stayed in touch with me and a lot of other community members that are doing the same through YouTube or live stream because we could influence people. We could tell people, yes, this game is hot. No, this game is not. Right. And they trust us and they will eventually decide based on what we say on our show. Right. You know, so that's why companies contact us all the time, all the time. So do you, let's say that I'm a 15-year-old gamer and I come to you and I say, man, I just love games. I want to make a career out of this. Yes. Do you, what kind of advice would you give me in that um, situation? What I always tell them is try to, try to attend events like PAX and talk to like the independent companies because that's the easy way to get in to meet people. Um, and ask some questions, you know, or go to like a uh, university like Full Sail. That's pretty big in, in South Florida. Well, it's not South Florida. It's in Tampa, I believe. Tampa, Orlando, around the area, which is also a place where they teach about video game design and everything. Here's a cool thing. my Two of my staff members, former staff members, they should be part of our show. And because of them attending events and connecting with people within the industry... They had now they got an opportunity to work for for a video game company. That's why they left uh, our our mm-hmm. podcast. One of them works for GameLoft. GameLoft is one of the biggest mobile app game companies out there around the world. They're huge for iOS and Android. Uh, and another one, his name is Jonathan. He also got a job for EA Sports in Orlando. He mm-hmm. was there for a bit, and I, now he works for a different company, a mobile company now in New York City. You know, and the reason why is because networking, attending events, meeting people, and at the same time, learning about the industry too. Right. You know, so I think that will help out big time. So it seems just like a, I guess, a, a, just a great example of how, I don't know how, so the video game industry would be what, a product of the 80s? That would be? Uh, 
you could say 70s, okay. um, but it wasn't mainstream. 80s was like the mainstream era, you know, like Atari, right. um, ColecoVision, Nintendo, all right. that stuff. That's when it became more mainstream. And then around a couple of years ago during, let me see, 2005, that's when, well, actually, PlayStation, that was a pretty big, uh, pretty big era, uh, era too, uh, that helped to push the industry even more to the masses. But then 2005 with Xbox 360, PlayStation, the Nintendo Wii, mm-hmm. it became even more mainstream, you know. Uh, and I believe a couple years ago, um, Call of Duty, I can't remember which game it is, they made so much money, more money than any other entertainment out there, more than movies, more than music, books, everything. Amazing. Time has changed, man. Yeah. Time has changed. I, I know a lot of people, it looks crazy, like, really? A video game? Right. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's big, man. Like, they, these companies spend millions of millions of dollars right. investing in marketing, developing the game. There's a big team working on it, 500 to 1,000 people. You know, it, it's a lot of money with this right. business, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, the, time has changed, you know? Right. So, and what I'm emphasizing is because <laughs> we live in a new era, you know? Yes. We live in an era where the opportunity is unlimited in yes. almost any industry. But that doesn't mean that it's easy to figure out how to find and attract and engage with those opportunities. I have a story to talk, but go, go for it. No. Well, I just remember now, uh, the developer of Minecraft, mm-hmm. he started as an independent developer. It became so popular um, within like PC and consoles and stuff. And he just got tired of working on the game. So he posted on Twitter, hey, whoever wants to buy Minecraft, let me know. <laughs> Guess what happened? On the low, Microsoft contacted him. He sold his company for, I think, is a billion dollars, maybe more. Wow. He sold it to Microsoft. Now, Microsoft are the owners of Minecraft. Minecraft. So that same developer, he's like, all right, I'm moving out. So he was trying to buy a house in L.A. And Jay-Z and Beyonce were also trying to buy that same house. Guess who won the bid? He did. A gamer. A wow. gamer beat one of the biggest music artists out there, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Wow. And all that was because of games. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> Crazy. And it shows me just yeah. how if people are the type, if you take something and if you focus on it and you build on it. So let's say you have a history of a gamer and you do something with it. Because the trouble in my mind is navigating between this. Gaming, feel free to disagree with that. I'll make this a statement. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Gaming can be an incredibly destructive influence in your life if it takes over your life and you do nothing with it mm-hmm. and you get obsessed with, uh, you know, you get obsessed with these certain games and now for the rest of your life, that's mm-hmm. what you're doing mm-hmm. and you don't do anything with it. Uh, but that can, same can be said with anything. The, anything can be destructive if it gets out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But you can also take something that is a hobby, a passion, an enjoyment, an entertainment, mm-hmm. and you can say, okay, I'm recognizing that I'm engaged with this. How can I leverage this and get involved with other people? How can I make a contribution? And that can lead to benefits for your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
it's a good example in my mind of saying, here's something that par- many parents have told their kids, you're never going to get a job if you're spending all your time playing video games. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of kids saying, look, mom, I got yeah, a job. Yeah. <laughs> but see, time. it all depends on the parent because I've been playing games. My grandmother was the one that bought me my first video game console, mm-hmm. the Atari 2600 back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I became addicted to games. But at the same time, my mom and my dad were always focused on focus on for me to go into school, mm-hmm. go outside, have a life. Like right. you know, it all depends on the parent. Too much of anything is not good. Right. You know, you can't you can't blame games for violence or all this stuff because Japan, Europe, Canada, there's other countries that listen to the same music, watch the same movies, they play the same games as us, and their crime rate is super, super low compared to, to the United States. Mm-hmm. It to me in my opinion it all depends on the parents. You should control the kids. If they're playing too much, tell them that's it, enough. Take a break. You know, because I've seen situations of parents that, oh, they're just playing a game. Or they'll go to the store and buy a, a mature game for a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm so against that. That's mm-hmm. not right. Why are, you, why are you doing that? You know, do your research before you buy these games for, these, for, your, for your kids, you know. So... I think parents should do more research on, on that instead of just depending on it's just a video game. Right. It's for kids, right. you know. So, if you were parenting, uh, let's just say a, a twelve or twelve to fifteen year old, yes, um, boy or girl, mm-hmm. and you're noticing an interest, okay, an interest of video games, but you're concerned also about just their long term career and life prospects. What mm-hmm. would be some of the advice that you would give as a parent to your child in that mm-hmm. situation to help them explore their interest? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that might lead to a productive career? Um, start with critical thinking games. I think that will help your kid to come up with some amazing ideas that maybe eventually, once they get older, they might do the same thing with that. Like I said, Minecraft, um, puzzle games like Tetris, something simple like that. The things that people could create on right. those type of those type of games is amazing. Um, like my niece, she's almost two. She grabs a phone, my her mom's phone, mm-hmm. and she already knows which app it is for her games. <laughs> she knows what to do. Like like a a dog will come out and bark and hides, and she has to go and find the dog within the within the the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like little things like that. Kids nowadays are more events than we were when we were kids. You know, technology is changing. Do research on that. Like, what is the next big thing that's going to help my kid for them once they get older? And it will help them with school because I love puzzles. I love critical thinking things. And also there's um, even role-playing games. There's a lot of reading, too. That that helps out, you know. But if you go to a store and just buy, oh, Grand Theft Auto or Madden, like... To me, that's more entertainment for like an older crowd, not for like a young kid. In the yeah. industry, if you were looking, at, if so, for me, if I were a parent, and I were, I am a parent. If I were <laughs> in that situation, yes, I would be looking and saying, "How can I train my child not to be a consumer, but to be a producer?" Mm-hmm. And so, in that sense, I would be looking. I'll tell you a couple of games. Go for it. Uh, Little Big Planet is for PlayStation. It's uh, it's for anybody. Uh, family, young and old. They're also a, a 
an area in the game. It's a feature where people could create content, all type of games within the world of Little Big Planet. They upload it for the world. So when you go to that section, it's called community. You see which one is like the most popular, which one is like the most rated. Um, that's cool because people are creating their own game. There's another one too for Microsoft. It's called um, uh, Spark. Oh my God, something project Sparkle. Oh my God, I can't remember. I apologize. Sorry. That's another one too. That's pretty good for the Xbox One, where people could create like their own games and stuff. I think that's amazing. I don't have the patience to create my own stuff, right? But I love going online and downloading that that type of content. There's always going to be new stuff right. from people that are young and old creating for like for the community. You know, I think that the type of things that you should you should get for your for your kid. Like, let's say what what do you have a PC? Do you plan to get a, a console or no? No, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, or even on the phone, yeah. even like yeah. everybody has a smartphone. There's apps that is for that too. The so you I'll, could, I'll, I'll tell you, and I struggle with this. So, yeah. and you can, you can. Uh, I'm a weirdo. Um, I don't have a TV. Uh, That's and fine. I have a computer. I don't have any gaming console. That's fine. Um, I have a computer, but I don't. I don't have a game on it. There's not a single game on my cell phone. I PC think, or Mac. PC. Okay. And so, and I, my wife and I talk a lot about. Uh, how we're going to help our children integrate with technology. So okay. it annoys me intensely how many parents use the phone, uh, primarily a phone or iPad, as a way to babysit their kids. Yeah. And so, Not good. I, I, yeah, I can't stand it. So, but on the other hand, I look at it from a perspective and I say, recognizing that my children's peers are growing up as your niece we're Mm -hmm. at two years old she knows how to get mom's phone and and play this game Mm -hmm. but she's also really active her mom takes her out she's not always 24 7 on the phone and that's like i said before it all depends on the parents so you're doing the right you're doing the right way well it's it's there are some values for me that are important so for simple thing like conversation yes um so i don't i i I work very hard not to be on my phone if I'm with my children. Mm -hmm. There are obviously times where if I'm at a point where this is when I need to spend a few minutes doing something, Mm -hmm. then I need to do that. But if I'm with my family, I'm not going to be checking my phone. I'm not going to be in voicemail. I don't don't want that because in my mind, the higher value is the social engagement. And I don't want my wife to feel like here I am staring at my phone. That doesn't do good for my marriage. I find that very disrespectful when people do it. So I also feel when I look at teaching children um i uh, for example i don't want to give my son a phone and say okay here mommy and daddy are going to talk with our friends you can be on your phone Mm -hmm. rather i want to teach my son to engage with us and to listen and he's and he's doing a great job you know he's to the Mm -hmm. point where he can sit and and he's not listening obviously with engaging with the conversation yet Mm -hmm. but he can sit quietly and that's the skill that i want to teach the social skills Mm -hmm. and so in my mind i see uh, I'm one of those pretty hardcore. Uh, I'm a scoffer at video games. I'm a critic of video games. That's I just fine. say, what is the point of why would I waste my life with with mm-hmm. with these things? But I'm also trying to learn to va- to, to to find to a cons- value from that. Yeah, yeah, and to consider that because I don't want to just be the person who just dismisses things out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to consider the subject, which is why I brought you on, and also. Like with my with my children, I recognize the benefits of it, and I get concerned about um, people's ability to maintain long form linear thought. Mm-hmm. So I've found even over the last ten years, my ability to concentrate and focus has plummeted from when I could sit and read books 
uh, without even getting distracted. And now it's constantly another distraction. So I'm looking at my son and I'm thinking, how do I train him to be able to focus and to be able to concentrate? And are these influences positive or are they negative or are they neutral and it's how we, we benefit them? Mm. And I, I don't know the answers. Uh, I blame the media, man. <laughs> Honestly, so? I, blame the, I blame the media because they always promote the negative part of, of gaming. Like, those mainstream games, like where are the independent games? Where are those, where's the success story about like Minecraft? They never, I learned about that because within the community and the news outlets right. uh, within gaming world. Um, it's like, and th- th- times have changed. It's like those old school uh, people that have their own show on the radio. Mm-hmm. When they look at us, Right, we're doing this digitally, and they're like, ah, <laughs> oh, whatever podcast, like right, Howard right. Stern, like ah, oh, you you can't make money with podcasts, you know. And yes, there is a way to make money. Like, right. you know, I feel that you should give it a chance with with the whole gaming stuff. Try it out, do research, and find the right games that will be perfect for your kids. Don't worry about the popular ones. Look for like those hidden gems out mm-hmm. there. That is created by like an independent developer, you know. At the same time, critical thinking games right. is honestly it's so so important. There's even research that say that people it's good for kids to play games, right. you know, um, because of those puzzles and you know. Um, back and, then, it used to be harder for me when I was a kid because um, those games you couldn't save. Uh, I had to leave my. Nintendo on because once I turn it off, I have to go and start from scratch. <laughs> Nowadays, because of technology, now right. I could save it, pause it, play a month later, you know. So technology is changing. Do the research and just, I think you should give it a chance for your kids, you know. And I, and I, I should, uh, this came to me as, as you were talking. Uh, it's not like I've never played games. When I was younger, we had, uh, so flight simulator, flight simulator. We enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I, I got into at one point, um, this motorcycle game called, I think it was called Full Throttle. And it was, I get, it was kind of, it was a PC game and mm-hmm. it was an interesting, uh, like the character was going around. You had to figure out all these clues and solve the puzzles. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And I also, for a time, I enjoyed playing Age of Empires. And Age of Empire, that's a big one. Yeah. That one I yeah. really enjoy. That yeah. appealed to me, and it's just yeah. kind of cool. You so you were it. already older and everything, right? You were, yeah, this okay. is this is probably middle school age, and, oh. and we did we had a computer. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't ever have any gaming consoles, but we had a computer, and so we would play some computer games from time. I tell you this: I met my staff members because of gaming. We were playing on Xbox Live online um, throughout different games, and that's how I met them. I met all my listeners was be through playing online with other games or meeting them in person and stuff. Um, now I totally forgot what I was going to say. I'll give you another yeah. thing to jump on. So, yeah. the, But I see the benefits of games. And if you oh, look, look at the research, so the yeah. military is using games to train soldiers and different yes. people to, to train things. And so I look at it from the perspective of finance. And yeah. I've played board games. Robert Kiyosaki has a board game called Cashflow Quadrant. Okay. There's games like Monopoly. Uh, These are board games that teach important aspects of finance. Yes. 
And yes. so I think I've been thinking, okay, what, how could I, is there a way that we could integrate and I could teach, uh, you know, it's one of my long someday, one of the ideas on my someday maybe list is could I create a video game that was interesting to play that taught financial independence as oh, a way to actually convey there's, those things. Uh, well, I remember what I was going to say, but let me go with this because you yeah. just mentioned that. Back in the 90s, there was this game called SimCity. Mm-hmm. I was so addicted to that game. And it was, okay, you are ma- a mayor of the city mm-hmm. and you have to build the city and you got to make sure that you have enough money to continue work on other things in the city. So eventually they're going to be like fire. So you got to make sure you have like a fire department close to the area where that happened. There's going to be another area that's, that's a lot of crime. Okay, let me see if I have enough money. Okay, I could build a police station right here, mm-hmm. you know. Things like that. And right. at the same time, you learn how to balance the money. You got to make sure that people are happy with their jobs within the game, too. Like, it's a lot of so things. population that, control. Yeah, <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. And you know what? I feel like destroying an area to save money. You right. can do it in a game like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's you, you should, it's a very old school Super Nintendo game. I think that was also for PC. Mm-hmm. It's called SimCity. Okay. Very, very cool. And oh, another thing too is that, you know, the reason why I like gaming so much, you know, there's been times in the past that I used to be bullied when mm-hmm. I was a kid, you know, how right. it is like in school and stuff. But when I get home and I start playing, it released like my stress, right. you know, and I feel that a lot of listeners, they feel the same way too. Like mm-hmm. the stress with work, with school, and they'll go and listen to our show and we're entertaining them. And at the same time, we're changing their lives. One kid, um, a foster kid, I uh, got an email that she f- discovered our show and she loved it so much. Like she was like, wow, I didn't know there was like a video game podcast. She loved it so much. Now she wants to be a video game designer. You know, like things, stories like that makes me so happy, you know, yeah. like because you never know who's listening. Yeah. You're changing people's lives out there, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Can, been, if you uh, were speaking to parents who were saying, okay, I'm looking for a way, to, a challenge a lot of parents has is how do I connect with my kids? Uh, it's very easy for parents to feel disconnected from their kids. Their kids are have the headset on playing on Xbox Live and mom and dad are saying, I, I want to play that. with them too. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would be is what would be some advice you have? Are there certain games that they would enjoy There's so together? many. There's so many because there's games that I know is for me and there's games that I love to play with my girlfriend. You know, she's a casual gamer. Mm-hmm. But when she plays, she's like, let's focus, let's do this. <laughs> but at the same time, what happened if you have your family over? Mm-hmm. Play karaoke. There's rock band. Everybody has an instrument. Piano, drums, guitar, bass, karaoke right. too. You know, there's different games where everybody could play. Also, let's say a father, son, wants to get together and play mm-hmm. uh, let the Lego games. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's so much fun. There's Marvel, Lego, there's Star Wars, there's different type of games that it's perfect to play multiplayer and you will work together past bosses, you know, and all that stuff. So those are the games I truly, truly recommend to play with your family. Yeah. Final question. I yes. just finished a book uh, called You Only Have to Be Right Once. And in that book, it was talking about the guy who invented or who uh, collaborated with others to build 
the virtual reality headset and just oh, Oculus. Just Oculus Prime. Yeah, the Ocu- Oculus, Oculus, the, the VR, Rift. The ver- Oculus Rift. Yeah, right? Oculus Rift. Isn't yeah. that the name of the VR? Yes. Have you had a chance to engage with that yet? No, my staff had, and they love it. They love it. Me, there's so many of those right now from different companies. There's Oculus, mm-hmm. which Facebook purchased them. They start as yep. a Kickstarter yep. uh, company. It's an amazing story. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I just heard the story. That was And that was one of the things. I just finished that as we record this. It's the end of July. Just finished that book last week. And that story stood out to me because it demonstrated what I see as as the amazing potential future careers that are there. Yes. The story was he was – I think he was – I can't remember if he was in a school or if he was educated at home. I think he was educated at home. He enjoyed video games and he enjoyed tinkering with things. And so he got interested in virtual reality. He started buying all these headsets and things on eBay from 80s and 90s and yeah. w- cobbling them together. But then he got engaged with a, he, he also start, was participating in some message boards online, sharing some of his ideas. And so he was part of a community. He was cobbling together hardware. He did a couple of Kickstarter. He did Kickstarters, which funded some of the things. Yeah. He got connected to somebody at a at a big video game company because of his involvement in a message board. Mm-hmm. And he had sent over a prototype. And this person, uh, these people were interacting. And here's this 19-year-old young man who is engaged with the leaders, uh, uh, the chief game designers at Sony mm-hmm. and these different places like that. And it, might, and it just blows the old paradigm of build a resume and send your resume out after a college degree. It mm-hmm. blows it out of the water. Big For people that are yeah. creators, there's no barrier mm-hmm. between the head of a the head of games at Sony and, and that. And then, yeah, he wound up selling it to, I guess, Facebook. Facebook. For and here's over the crazy thing. Billions. Why do you think Facebook bought that? It wasn't because of only games. They could use that as, hey, watch a movie, have a video chat with your family, mm-hmm. go check out the house, like long distance communication. There's so many different reasons why they bought that. They see the potential yeah. of this, you know, more than just gaming, right? You know, so yeah, I'm 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 excited and curious to see because there's so many other companies doing it too. They're Val, they're releasing their VR this holiday. Oculus is they're releasing theirs, I believe, sometime spring of next year. Mm-hmm. And Sony, they have another one called uh Morpheus, which I believe is coming out twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. And Microsoft, they have one called uh uh Halo uh HoloLens, which is um also pretty cool. Really, really cool. So it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, I'm telling you one person change the game then everybody okay we got to make it better you know so i'm excited for that man competition is good man well danny i love uh, i've loved hearing your story and i'm excited for your future and i thanks it's it's just exciting because i i when anytime i've seen you talk about games i've just watched your eyes light up and it's obvious <laughs> I get excited yeah, yeah. it's obvious yeah. like your yeah. eyes light up your whole body gets into it and i just yeah. think it's an amazing world that we live in yeah. um uh, where you can be involved in this as an industry. So and we met. We met at the meetup podcast, the meetup. Florida meetup. Yeah. Um, when I mentioned that it was a video game podcast, people were like, "Look at a lot of people like <laughs> really a gamer." But when I mentioned when I start talking about my story, how yeah. I started, and I started small, and then eventually, you right. know, now we're like big, huge. It's crazy. Like it doesn't matter what type of content it is if you do it the right way. 
unique and different that gets people's attention, your product, your podcast, wherever it is, is going to get attention and get a lot of support. And you could also start a business after that, you know? So you never know. You never know what could happen. All I'm saying is be patient and just keep on working. And that's that's what I thought in your presentation, both as a compliment to you and also to make your to make the point that you made in the presentation that you presented to our local group. Um, you emphasized a couple of things that were very important. Number yeah. one, you ignored the you get big no worthy. quick. Yeah, you ignored that nonsense. <laughs> yes. You ignored yeah. the get big quick mindset, and yeah. you demonstrated it's been ten years you've been doing this thing. You, your show is a weekly show? Weekly show. Yeah, for 10 years 10 you've been years. doing and that. I mean, we have breaks here and there, but right. this year we haven't had no break. Right. And this has been like the biggest year. You know, and like tonight, I'm getting inducted to the, the podcast, podcast Hall, of Hall of Fame. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Right. When they told you the news, I was in shock because they put me with Adam Curry, mm-hmm. Leo Laporte, you know, Todd Cochran. Like, it's crazy. Right. Crazy. So that's why I always tell people, like, look, I'm not nothing special you know if i could do this you guys could do right. the same thing too you know stop following trends you start your you start the trend right be a leader right you know um and we'll see what happens because once the doors open for one person i feel that's going to help everybody you know we got to contribute to make this space even more mainstream more popular right you know don't follow the ones that has been successful don't copy them mm-hmm. you know why not do something, be influenced by them. That's cool. Right. But do something different. Make it better. Be better than me. I Every time I do like a panel or, or one of those like speaking stuff, I always mention that to people. I want to be excited about I still feel like the same person from 2001 when I started the whole, I'm, I'm working, meeting people, right. ex, super excited. You know, so yeah, be better than me and, and make this thing as exciting. You know, when I see Mark Marin interviewing the president obama mm-hmm. even if you don't agree with obama or not like that it's open the doors for a, a lot milestone. of things glenn beck was gonna be here for right for podcast movement you know it's a milestone i'm not a fan of his but i was like you know what i'm gonna go in and see what he has to say about mm-hmm. about what he's been doing with this with this thing you know so the more we see people contribute and doing things that's gonna help everybody the space is gonna grow and we're gonna get more listeners you know so Keep doing your thing. <laughs> and the other thing is what shines through your, your number one loyalty is to your audience. Yes. And that shines through in everything. More than anything. More than money, more than everything. Because, look, money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Your community is going to stick with you to the end. It's that simple. You know, I built this organically. Our listeners, they tr- as a matter of fact, today I invited them. And we're going to have a little meetup, maybe like 10 to 15 people coming locally from, from Dallas, Fort Worth. And I want them to walk with me to the red carpet. That's awesome. And the reason why is because I got here because of them. And I want them to feel that they also part of our journey, you know? So when I'm going, when I go on stage, I'm going to thank them like 100%. Like, yeah, you guys are the ones that, you inspire me to continue, you know, um, and, and, and I love getting emails and voicemails from people, man, from all over the world. You know, the people that in the military in Japan or, you know, um, li- a listener called us from Australia. He's like, look, I don't care how much I have to pay. I just want to be part of the show, you know. <laughs> um, kids, young and old, like even guy and parents saying, look, I love the show. I love listening to the show with my kid because you guys don't curse. Like, and it's very entertaining, you know, like. Little things like that makes me want to continue to do my thing. 
you know. And yeah, I'm happy with the money that we've been getting. It's cool, but that to me is more is more powerful, special to me. So I'm not gonna take away from what you said by saying anything more other than thank you for coming on, Dan. <laughs> but thanks a lot. I had a blast. This is a great conversation. Man. <laughs> High five. <laughs> So now if anybody ever tells you that you can't make a living playing video games, you now have a podcast interview to send to them. <laughs> Although I didn't ask Danny how much money he's making from the podcast and he didn't feel it necessary to share, but he is splitting whatever revenues there are of the show with a team of four. So recognize that he is still working, but focus notice just what an awesome opportunity he had by simply pursuing something that he was interested in and then becoming involved. He got involved in the industry. He got involved in just as a commentator. He got connected. And that's opened up some really incredible doors for him. I mean, it sounds to me like he's enjoyed every minute and he deserves the success. Notice 10 years of hard work to arrive where he's at now. But I believe his future will be bigger than his past. Use it as an example for you. Is there an industry that you are really into? Is there a game? Is there a community? If not, start one. Start a community. If there is a community, get it involved. Become a leader. Start the podcast. Start the blog. Start the YouTube channel. Go to the conference. Meet people in person. Start the local meetup group. Do something. You know, Edit the industry magazine. Do something to get involved, and you never know where things can turn out. Not everything has to be all about the money, and there are some pretty cool options and things that can open up for you, uh, regardless of... of really what you're doing thank each and every one of you uh, for listening today thank you especially to the patrons it's because of being able to count on your specific financial support that that's why i was able to leave and go to this conference and i thank you for that uh, if you're not a patron consider becoming one i would greatly appreciate it you can support the show directly go to radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron for all the details all the bribes that i've got set up for you radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron more interviews coming in the future. I did some in-depth financial interviews. I did some interesting career interviews. This one was kind of more of just a fun one. Talk about video games. Who doesn't want to talk about video games? <laughs> I figure that's one of the one of the massive uh, aspects of audience. I decided to start. I decided to start with the topic that I thought you all would enjoy listening. Be back with you soon. Thank you so much. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.